This is the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Greetings, friends, and welcome to the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. This is episode 124, entitled, The Meaning of Protos in the Prologue of John. The Biblical Unitarian Podcast is the podcast that aims to start conversations about the oneness and unity of God and about the humanity of Jesus. I appreciate you so much for tuning in to the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. My name is Dustin Smith, and as always, I will be your host. John chapter 1, verse 15, and its parallel in John chapter 1, verse 30, are disputed passages among those trying to understand what the fourth gospel has to say on the subject of Jesus' preexistence. John 1.15 depicts John the Baptist authoritatively confessing in regard to Jesus that Jesus was before him. However, biblical Unitarians have rightly pointed out that the underlying Greek word translated here as before in time is the Greek word protos, and that this word is ambiguous, possibly meaning that Jesus was first in rank rather than former in time. This episode of the Biblical Unitarian Podcast will look at John chapter 1, verse 15, and the meaning of protos in this passage. What does it mean that the man Jesus came after John the Baptist, as John 1.15 says? How does the fourth gospel use the disputed word protos in other occurrences? And how does John 1.15 fit within the argument of who Jesus is within the prologue of the fourth gospel? Let's find out on this week's episode of the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Our first point today is initial considerations of John chapter 1 verse 15. I'll just go ahead and read the passage for our listeners. John testified about him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he was before me. John chapter 1, verse 15. Okay, in this passage, it's interesting to see that John the Baptist is put in an authoritative role here as someone that has to clarify this ambiguous relationship between himself and Jesus. Jesus was someone that followed after John the Baptist and even submitted to the Baptist's own water baptism. And yet, John the Baptist has to acknowledge that Jesus outranked him. Now, why in the world would the prologue of the Gospel of John have to even make this statement? Every Christian that I know understands that Jesus is a greater person than John the Baptist. But this was a confusing statement for some people in the first century. I've demonstrated in a previous episode that there were followers of John the Baptist in Ephesus long after the Baptist had died. You can see this in the book of Acts. But there are things that even Jesus said about John the Baptist 
that might lend itself to some confusing statements that need to be clarified. Look at what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 9. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and one who is more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. That's Matthew chapter 11, verses 9 through 11. So the fourth gospel actually answers this concern with the testimony of the Baptist himself. To where Jesus seems to indicate that John the Baptist is a very great man, saying in Matthew's gospel that among those born of women, there has not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist. So if Jesus says that John the Baptist is this great of a person, then what is the relationship between the Baptist and Jesus? The fourth gospel, specifically the prologue of the fourth gospel, writes verse 15 in order to answer this objection. Who is the best person to clarify this particular point? Well, it's John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is the one that testified about Jesus and cried out, saying that Jesus, the one that came after the Baptist, has a higher rank than he did. Let's look at this phrase, he who comes after me in John 1.15. That's the first thing that the Baptist says about Jesus. He who comes after me has a higher rank than I. This is often thought as a phrase that denotes a chronological marker, supposedly that Jesus came after John in time. That is how the phrase is commonly read. But the Greek preposition opiso in the Gospel of John regularly indicates the act of a disciple who follows a teacher. So this preposition opiso is used in John 1.15, and since Jesus submitted to John's baptism, this suggested that, at least initially, Jesus was following after John the Baptist. So let's look how this preposition opiso is used throughout the fourth gospel. And what I'm going to demonstrate is that it regularly indicates the act of a disciple that follows after their teacher. In John 1.27, it says, It is he who comes after me, the thong of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. John 1.27, there the Baptist is talking about Jesus, the one who comes after me. The parallel phrase to John 115 is in John 130, which says, This is he on behalf of whom I said, After me comes a man who has a higher rank than I, for he was before me. So again, we have that phrase opiso there, because John 130 is basically a parallel to John 115, although John 130 does indicate 
that Jesus is a human being. Jesus is a man. In John 6, verse 66, it says, As a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. But the phrase walking with him is this phrase opiso, meaning walking after him. These are disciples that are walking after their master. And then in John chapter 12 and verse 19, it says, So the Pharisees said to one another, You see that you are not doing any good. Look, the world has gone after him. Using the preposition opiso, the world has gone after Jesus. The world is now following after Jesus' teachings, with which the Pharisees strongly disagree. So according to John 1.15, Jesus formally followed after John the Baptist. But now he is regarded as having a higher rank than the Baptist. What is the reason for why Jesus has a higher rank than John the Baptist? John 1.15 gives an answer. Quote, he was before me. He was protos me. And therein lies the disputed word. So in John 1.15, we have John the Baptist confessing about Jesus, that Jesus was temporarily a follower of John the Baptist, a disciple that even submitted to the Baptist's own water baptism. And yet, Jesus outranked John the Baptist. Why was it that Jesus outranked John the Baptist? Well, the answer that's given in verse 15 is that he was before me. And we have to figure out what this word before means. Is it before in time or is it before in rank? So this moves us to our second point. Our second point today is looking at protos within the Gospel of John. As I mentioned earlier, protos, grammatically speaking, is ambiguous. It can mean first in time, or it can mean first in rank. This does not mean that the interpreter gets to pick and choose which definition best suits their prior theological commitment. This happens all too often, and it is not how exegesis works. That is reading into the text one's own theology. A better approach would be to look more objectively at how the word is used throughout the fourth gospel. This is something that both sides of the argument could, presumably, agree upon. Let's see what the data reveals. So I've mentioned that John chapter 1 verse 30 is a parallel to John 1.15. So of course, the contents of 1.15 are going to reappear in chapter 1 verse 30. And since the meaning of protos in 1.15 is in question, I'm going to set the meaning of protos in 1.30 aside for the moment. So now we can look at the other examples. John chapter 1, verse 41 says, He found first, Protos, his own brother Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which translated means Christ. That's John 1, 41. There, Protos means first in time. He found first in time his own brother Simon. John chapter 2 and verse 10 says, Every man serves the good wine first, 
protos. And when the people have drunk freely, then he serves the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. That's John 2 and verse 10 to where the word first, translated from the Greek word protos, means first in time. They serve the good wine first in time and the poor wine later. Moving on, John chapter 7 and verse 51 says, Our law does not judge a man unless it first, protos, hears from him and knows what he is doing, does it? That's John 7, verse 51, where clearly protos means first in time. The law does not judge unless the person first is heard and they know what that person is doing. Let's move to John 10, verse 40. John 10, 40 says, And he went away again beyond the Jordan to the place where John was first baptizing, and he was staying there. John 10, 40, to where John the Baptist was initially first, Greek word protos, baptizing there beyond the Jordan. That is clearly first in time. John 12, verse 16 says, These things his disciples did not understand at the first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written of him and that they had done these things to him. That's John 12, verse 16, to where the disciples initially, at first, did not understand him. But later, then, after he was glorified, they remembered these things. In this passage, John 12, 16, the word first, translated from protos, means first in time. Moving on to the next occurrence, John 15, verse 18, says, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me first. It hated me before it hated you. That's John 15, verse 18, where again, the fact that the world hated Jesus before it hated the disciples indicates a priority in time. First in time. John 18, verse 13 is the next occurrence. And they led him to Annas first, for he was father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. John 18, verse 13, to where Jesus was led to Annas first, first in time, from the Greek word protos. John 19, verse 32 says, So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first man, and the other who was crucified with him. John 19, verse 32, where clearly that is just the first person there, the first person chronologically, the protos man. It's interesting that Jesus is not the first in rank man here. The first in time person was another man that had his legs broken at the crucifixion of Jesus. John 19, verse 39 says, Nicodemus, who had first protos, come to him by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds weight. That's John 19, verse 39, to where Nicodemus had first, formally, first in time, came to Jesus by night, using the Greek word protos. And the last two occurrences of protos are in John 20, verse 4 and verse 8. John 20, verse 4 says, The two were running together, and the other disciple ran ahead faster than Peter and came to the tomb first, meaning first in time. Okay? The other disciple got to the tomb before Peter in time. 
And John 20, verse 8 says, So the other disciple who had first, protos, come to the tomb, then also entered, and he saw and believed. John 20, verse 8. So that seems to me as fairly obvious that the fourth gospel, in every occurrence outside of John 1.15 and 1.30, uses the Greek word protos to mean first in time, rather than first in rank. Now, I don't think that this data should automatically rule out the possibility that protos in John 1.15 refers to first in rank, but I need to openly admit that taking that interpretation goes against the grain of a rather consistent testimony in word usage. Now that we have tried to responsibly inform ourselves regarding the meaning of the keywords in John 1.15, we can return to the passage and run a few tests. Our third point today is the possible meanings of John 1.15 in light of the ambiguity of protos. So, our two options can now be plugged into the passage in order to see what they mean and how they sound. So I'm going to refer to them as option one and option two. Option one, protos means first in time. So John the Baptist would be saying, he who comes after me as a disciple has a higher rank than I, for he was before me in time. The conjunction for, which seeks to unpack and explain how a follower of the Baptist actually has a higher rank than him, needs to actually explain the passage logically. So in this reading, option one, the reason why the follower of the Baptist has a higher rank than him is that he was before the Baptist in time. Now, biblical Unitarians have objected to the assertion that the man Jesus could exist prior to John the Baptist. By all records available, the Baptist was born six months before Jesus. So Jesus came chronologically after John the Baptist. However, the prologue is already labored to argue that the man Jesus is the embodiment of God's personified word and wisdom. Furthermore, the man Jesus continues the roles and mission of God's word and wisdom, creating continuity between these personified attributes of God and the human being Jesus. I've argued this before, and I will continue to stress that the personified word did not cease to be when the word became flesh. The human Jesus is the embodiment of the Logos, so the Logos continues to function, now operating as an embodied human being. The human Jesus pre-existed as the Word. That is, Jesus pre-existed as a personification, thus making the manner of Jesus' pre-existence to be notional rather than actual. So, 
it is not impossible for protos to mean first in time in John 1.15, while maintaining that Jesus being before John occurs in the manner that is referring to the pre-existent logos, the personified speech of God that was in the beginning. So, while biblical Unitarians have traditionally rejected the idea that Protos in John 1.15 means first in time, this reading is not impossible once it is placed in the argument made by the prologue thus far. Option number two, Protos means first in rank. He who comes after me as a disciple has a higher rank than I, for he was higher in rank than me. This is a position that I have held for nearly 20 years. I taught it and defended its usage multiple times. I even used John 1.15 as an example while teaching Greek vocabulary particularly when protos came up in vocabulary exercises. But I'm here to tell you why I think I was wrong. First, taking protos as first in rank doesn't actually explain the former phrase in John 1.15. Why is it that Jesus, a follower of the Baptist, has a higher rank than the Baptist? The answer cannot be that Jesus had a higher rank than the Baptist. You see, the conjunction for, which serves to unpack how it could be that a follower of the Baptist has a higher rank than him, cannot simply repeat the point it is trying to unpack. It seems to be an awkward argument to say that Jesus had a higher rank than John the Baptist because Jesus had a higher rank than John the Baptist. It is redundant and it sounds very clumsy. For me, I used to think that it was impossible that Protus could refer to first in time because I could not make sense of how the human Jesus could be placed prior to John the Baptist while at the same time taking seriously the argument that the Logos, that was in the beginning with God, is a personification and not an actual person. But now that I better grasp the theology of the fourth gospel, which depicts the human Jesus continuing the role and mission of the personified word and wisdom of God, I can see how Protos can mean first in time without arguing for literal pre-existence. In conclusion, we have observed that the prologue of the Gospel of John offers an explanation into how the man Jesus relates to John the Baptist, a divinely commissioned witness. John chapter 1 verse 15 seeks to explain, arguably for the sakes of some of the Baptist's lingering followers long after his death, the relationship between him and Jesus. The synoptic Jesus acknowledges John the Baptist's greatness, saying that no one born of women is greater than John. However, 
the fourth gospel clarifies this confusion by portraying the Baptist within the introductory prologue as saying that the man Jesus does indeed have a higher rank than the Baptist. The reason that John 1.15 gives for why Jesus outranks John the Baptist revolves around the ambiguous Greek word protos. We first noted that protos could refer to one who was first in time, or it could mean someone that is first in rank. So, from a grammatical point, strictly speaking, the word protos could go either way. However, grammar is not the nail in the coffin for what John 1.15 was intended to convey to its original readers. The man Jesus was a temporary follower of John the Baptist, and Jesus submitted to John's baptism as is typical of followers submitting to their teachers. Second, we observe that the disputed word protos appears frequently in the Gospel of John. In every occurrence of protos, other than our current passage and its parallel passage in John chapter 1, verse 30, we saw that protos always refers to one who is first in time, rather than first in rank. Lastly, we looked at the logic of both meanings of protos within John 1.15. We noted that taking protos to mean first in rank doesn't actually explain how Jesus is said to outrank the Baptist. It merely repeats it. Furthermore, it creates a redundant statement to say that Jesus outranks the Baptist because Jesus outranked the Baptist. By situating John 1.15 in the context of the prologue's theology regarding the personified Logos that became flesh as the human Jesus, and by noting the continuity between the Logos and Jesus' mission, it was suggested that one could begin with the human Jesus and look backward to see the continuity with the personified Logos that was in the beginning with God. Therefore, I humbly suggest that it is possible to translate protos as first in time in John 1.15, arguing that Jesus is the embodiment of God's word and wisdom, which were personifications, not pre-existing persons. Join us next week as we conclude our study of the prologue by looking at John 1.18 and the interpretive difficulties therein. Please consider supporting the Biblical Unitarian Podcast as it aims to promote the sound truths about the oneness and unity of God and the humanity of Jesus. You can support the podcast for free by sharing your favorite episodes with your friends and by rating and writing an honest review on iTunes. If you'd like to financially support the podcast, you may check out this episode's description for a PayPal link. Thank you so much for listening to us at the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. My name is Dustin Smith, and until next time, you folks take care.